Hey there. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Lakeside. I'm your host, Daniel Stombaugh, and I'm glad you're here with me today. We are going to have a transformational day today. We're going to take the next few minutes and talk about our identity in Christ, that is who we are in him and who we are to him. And this is powerful because identity brings purpose. Let's get started. episode number 15 of our devotional Solomon Song on Lakeside here and we're actually on day number 14 in the in the devotional book and if you don't have the devotional book you can actually maximize this study that we're doing by going through the devotional book yourself it's got a journaling place and a spot for you to write down some thoughts that you get as you go through this book with me and you can pick that book up on Amazon or on danielstomba.com that's available there and that's Solomon Song a 90 day a journey of God's expressed desire for your heart. But right now we're on chapter uh, day, chapter number two and verse number two and day number 15, and uh, or episode number 15, rather. And so what we're doing is we're looking at this portion of the book where we're now there, this this change has taken place, and we have this wheel that's been set up between the two, between the shepherd girl and the king, and it's this wheel of communication, expression, and rest. It's the perfect blend of a relationship. You're going to see them communicate to each other um, how they feel about each other. Then you see that expression. They don't just speak the words. They'll put action behind the words, and they find ways to express what it is that they've just communicated. Uh, Solomon doesn't just tell her, I love you. Uh, he, he finds ways to show her every single day how much he loves her and exactly what he means. He doesn't just say, you're beautiful. He says, no, you're beautiful like a flower. You're beautiful like this. He brings to mind a visual or a feeling or a sensation or a sense. He brings something to light that will help her connect the dots of exactly what he's feeling. And to me, the ultimate depth of communication is when we, not when we just speak words, but when we find a way to um, bring about our very feeling and our very thoughts uh, into a way that someone else can completely understand. Someone uh, said that once a communication was guiding vital truths around another person's mental roadblocks. <laughs> and I believe there's some truth to that. Um, but he was speaking to her, and you're going to see this back and forth dialogue a dynamic dialogue takes place between them, and it's a beautiful picture of communication in a strong relationship. Communication is powerful, and this communication you're going to see is a powerful exchange of affirmation between two individuals. And the beauty of this exchange is that it sets both a pattern for us and our relationships with each other, as well as a message of love from God to us. And I see within them this framework laid out that says this is how you communicate. This is uh, what the goal should be. And so they have just got done walking the garden. He showed her the garden of Engedi. He's, he's displayed to her um, all the different aspects of his power in that garden, uh, in the creation of the garden. Then he just goes on, he compares her, and he brings her to this place where they're able to express their love for each other. They've made love in the garden, and as they've, uh, when they finish, she's begun to speak to him, and then he speaks to her. And she's, she makes this proclamation. We looked at it in the last episode where she said, I'm the Rose of Sharon, and she basically chose to identify herself 
with what Solomon said that she was. Solomon would told her she was like a rock rose. Uh, he told her, you are the, this rose in my garden. And she is taking on that, that identity. And she's going to struggle in that because this is new for her, but she's making this first step, and it's awesome to see. Anytime someone else, if you ever watch the Rocky movies, um, I think it's the very first one where um, Adrian gets, starts to spend some time with Rocky, and she starts to become this fighter as he's training to become the, the champ. Uh, she's also been training to become a champ in her own right, and she's taking back for, for herself who she is. And Polly was her abusive brother and verbally abused her, and he put her down all the time, and he made her feel like she was nothing. And there's so many times where he would tell her, you're nothing, you're nothing, you're nothing. And there's one scene where she just has it with him, you know? And he comes in, I think maybe Christmas time, and he's drunk, and he's throwing the wreath around the, the, the house, and he's just kind of smashing the baseball bat, and or what have you. And she gets right in his face, and she screams at him, and she said, I'm not a loser, Polly. I'm not a loser. You remember that? And she's like, I'm not a loser. I'm not a loser, Polly. You made me feel like a loser, and I'm not a loser. It's a powerful scene, because that's a fight. That is a fight in itself. Um, Anytime someone makes that struggle to say, look, I'm, I'm leaving what is familiar for me, and I'm accepting what is true. I'm seeking after what is true, even if it causes me to leave comfort, even if it causes me to leave familiar. And she has been put down her whole life, and we're going to see that later on. Uh, she's got these Paulies in her life that put her down and make her feel like nothing. And she's making this step. This little statement says, I'm a Rose of Sharon, was such a bold statement because she is choosing to identify herself with how the king sees her. And the beauty of that, the challenge, of that is when you and I choose to operate, the greatest day of our life will be the day that you and I choose to operate out of how God sees us and how what God says he made us rather than what we feel we have made ourselves. It's a powerful day. Everything changes. And so they're speaking here back and forth. And Solomon, she pronounces this, I'm a rose. And you can just imagine how Solomon feels to see her um, make that statement as they're laying there together. She's looking in his eyes and she's maybe, I, I imagine she's laying um, in a position where she can look down into his eyes. And he's just up there touching her, laying there on his back, touching her hair, looking in her eyes. And she says, I'm the rose of Sharon, you know. And then he speaks to her. He says, as the lily among the thorns, this is chapter 2 and verse number 2, as the lily among the thorns, so is my love among the daughters. Now, if you're not careful, you get the lyrics and the melody. And remember we said the lyrics of the shepherd girl and the king, and the lyrics of them are them together speaking about these uh, thorns. And, and he just says, basically, you're beautiful. And you look at that and say, okay, that's what he says. And um, and then you move on. And then the melody is the sexual content. It's it's them laying together and them in this afterglow of their love. And they're, they're laying there together and they're speaking uh, these very intimate words. But the message is so beautiful. And what he is telling her is the lily among the thorns. you got to look at the words and you got to remember everything that's been said up until this point. Where have we seen the daughters mentioned before? Uh, where have we seen these things happen? As the lily among the thorns, so is my love among the daughters. He was telling her that you, you stand out. You always have, and you always will. You stand out. Lilies are dramatically different than a thorn, both in their purpose as well as in their form. They're, a lily is soft, and it's compelling. It's, it's attractive. And he uses this analogy to combat a wound in her heart that surfaced back in the first chapter. You remember when she stood in his bedchamber, 
and she's beginning to look at him. She says, I, I don't deserve to be here. And, and the main reason why she felt like she didn't deserve to be there at that moment was because of who she passed on the way into the chamber. She walked through the palace, and she saw the courtyards, and she saw the beautiful decorations, and she saw the servants, and she saw the elegance and the extravagance and the gold. But what she also took notice of more than anything else, more than the gold and more than the, uh, the, the tapestries and more than the colors and more than the refineries of the palace, what caught her attention were the daughters of Jerusalem. And that stood in her mind, I'm not like them. Remember, she said, I'm not like them. I'm not like these other people that seem to be more worthy of your time and more worthy of your attention and more worthy of your caliber of people. And I'm not your caliber of person. And, and that daughter's of, has a wound in her heart where she did not feel good enough. And so Solomon is speaking back. He uses the same analogies. And I love it because it is a picture that God just uses with us. He uses the very things that we speak to him. And he does so to, to let us know, hey, I heard you. I heard you. In fact, I'm going to take that very hurt and that very wound, and in that weakness, I'm going to make you strong. I'm going to build a fortification right in the middle of that weak spot in your heart, right in the middle of that weak spot of your emotions. I'm going to make something strong and something powerful. And so when he looks at her and he says, uh, you're like a lily among the thorns, so is my love among the daughters. He's saying, look, in your attempt to compare yourself with the daughters, there is no comparison because everything about you makes you so completely unique. May I just say to you that listening here right now that God loves unique. He tells her in this comparison, you are unlike the daughters of Jerusalem, but let me explain why this is one of the greatest attributes that you could ever have. What made her stand out to the king and what caught his attention was the way that she spoke, and what really held him was her heart that pronounced the words. What caught his attention was the way she spoke and what held him captive was her heart and the way that her heart pronounced the words that her mouth spoke. You were made to speak to God's heart. You were made to speak to God's heart. He hears the words that you feel that no one thinks you have the ability to express, not even yourself. God hears those words. And your heart makes you stand out to him. It's your heart. And God looks at you and says, you are so unique. When he would look across the crowded room, his gaze would fix on her and she would smile as she talked to people and then he would smile when she became aware that he was watching her. She stood out to him among a, even a crowd of people. That you're the very first person I look to in a crowd. I gotta find you. I have to locate you with my eyes and I have to watch you until I see you notice me watching you. I truly believe that one of God's greatest desires is for everyone that you come in contact with to be able to see the person that he sees when he looks at you. Even those closest to you that miss out on you, please understand that God sees you you may not feel unique. You may not feel um, good enough. You may feel like everyone else around you measures up so much greater in their talents and their abilities and their giftings. But understand that you are so unique to him. It's your heart and you stand out. I read this passage of amazingly beautiful expression and I see God saying, Daniel, I see him saying, listener, 
even those that are closest to you that share your house they may share your bed they may share um, a part of your life that no one else shares and they're closest to you and even they miss out on you but please understand that God sees you God looks at you the king looked at her and he said you know you you mentioned earlier something about the daughters and how you felt like you didn't fit in with them and I just want you to know you don't you don't you have don't have the same heart the daughters have you don't have the same eyes the daughters have you don't have the same expression and your words don't form the same way they don't pronounce them the same way your smile is different the things that make you smile is so much different than things that make them smile the way that you look at me is so much different you can't you can't buy that you are lily among the thorns you stand out everything about you is so unique and and if anything i feel badly for the people in your life that have missed you they've missed out on seeing who you are and i'm so glad you're in my kingdom i'm so glad you're with me and that's exactly what god says to you understand this morning or tonight however whatever time you're listening to this that god notices you and he says look i have noticed you your whole life you stood out to me like a lily among thorns delicate and gentle and beautiful and your form and your function is different than that of a thorn and you stand out to me and it's that uniqueness that pulls at me that uniqueness that attracts me that 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 way that you speak the way that your heart pronounces words is so attractive to me you realize that the holy spirit takes what we say, even in the groanings and the utterings, and it translates it to what God, uh, what, what, we, what we're trying to tell him, and it, it spe- speaks to God for us and through us, and, and what we groan sometimes to God, and there's been times when, when we groan and we say, man, I, I don't, uh, um, God, why are you doing this? God, man, I can't stand this. I can't take it anymore, God, and we, we feel like we're so embarrassed because we make statements like that. I mean, I had a chance to minister to someone, and uh, I brought them actually the book Solomon's Song, I just, God told me to bring it to them, and I knocked on the door. It was, a, it was a lady that had lost so much in life, and I brought the book to her, and I handed it to her, and she said, what is this book? And I told her about it, and as I did, she began to cry, and she said, you know, last night it just sort of snowballed for me, and I, just, I told God I didn't believe in him anymore. And she said, I'm so very embarrassed to tell you that. And here you are bringing this book about relationship and God. You're bringing it to my door. And a reminder of that passage where it says that the Holy Spirit takes our groanings and translates them to what we're trying to say. And sometimes the greatest prayer we can do is just say, oh God, I'm sick of this. Because the Holy Spirit translates that and says, Father, what she's actually saying is she wants to know you. She's got to see you like right now. And God responds and he says, okay, I'm going to send someone to her door. I'm going to have them hand deliver a book that deals with helping someone understand just their how much their love, their value, and their identity in me. I'm going to bring that to their very door. God translates it, man. Don't worry about saying the right thing or trying to be the right thing or just do I am I speaking the right way? Do I have his attention? Do I have I spent enough time in my prayer formula uh, praising him and then blessing him and then, you know, buttering God up and then giving my needs and you know this little big formula for prayer. No, 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 no. You simply open your mouth. You simply look up to your father. You look into the eyes of your king and you say, I love you. I don't feel like I fit in sometimes, but I'm just so glad that you're here. And you speak to him and you talk to him and you 
you. Let him flood your heart with his affirmation and his love. And you let him flood your mind. You let him renew your mind through his word of how much he's approved of you, how complete you are in him. And you stand there completely overwhelmed and amazed at how good that he is. Man, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And you let him wash your mind with your identity and you stand tall in that. You stand tall in that. Man, this, the, I want you to understand your homework today is to take a three or five card or a pencil somewhere right down and just simply write the words, I am unique. I am unique. You may not feel unique, but I promise you, you are unique and you capture God's heart and he cannot get enough of you. I promise you, he loves you that much and he's wild about you. So uh, write down on the mirror on the three or five card somewhere today, I am unique. Thank you so much for being with me today. Uh, we'll see you next time on Lakeside. Episode number 16 is upcoming and it's it's uh, his res- or it's her response back to him uh, in response to what he has just told her. I can't wait for you to see this. God bless you. Have a fantastic day today. Make sure you give away your smile. Your smile is your source and the world is hungry for your source. Make sure you give